Welcome to NFL Live, presented by BetMGM. Hey, it's Wednesday. That means the league speaks today, and we'll hear from all the stars. But wait until you hear what Justin Fields said. Get into that in just moments, and you don't want to miss it, I promise, as we welcome you into NFL Live. Glad to have you here. Andrew Hawkins and Dan Orlovsky in here. A lot more coming from these guys. Marcus Spears and Adam Schefter with us for the hour as well. Tons to get to, including a final decision on Saquon Barkley's availability tomorrow night. My treacherous little twin. Yeah. (laughs) The problem is you got blue on or black. Same stylist. Blue. Yeah, Blue. except it's not oh, the same man. color jacket, but we have autumnal vibes. Dang There's it. a little chill in the air. Hawk and I are sleek. All right, we got some news to get to, though, guys. Our top story today, My Justin twin. Fields struggled big time on Sunday. It caught our eye here. Dan actually did a tape on it yesterday, pointing out his happy feet in the pocket, seeming a little timid maybe, almost yeah. fear of making a mistake. Those are our opinions, okay? But then this from Fields today when he was asked about playing free. Of course, you know, things that I didn't like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just not 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 playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I, you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. All right, so that's earlier. Then after practice today, Fields readdressed the situation, saying, quote, when you take my quote out of context, when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, it's like you all are trying to split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in a game, I will take all the blame. I don't care. If it's a drop pass, it should have been a pass. Put it on me. Whenever you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I would blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. I just want to clear that up. Just know I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. There's a lot going on there, Dan. He said the one thing about the coaching, then he reversed course. But you were at the touchscreen right over there yesterday telling us some things about Fields' hesitation. What do you make of his comments now today? There's some things when you play quarterback, I don't care what, what level it's at, certainly in the NFL that are nevers. You know this. Mm-hmm. Of course. You never publicly blame your teammates, and you never publicly blame your coaching, ever. Mm. You are the person that stands there, and this is one of the hardest parts of the job. You stand there, and you take accountability, even when it's not your fault. Mm. You stand there, and you take the bullets, even when they're not the reason why your team is playing poorly. And when you publicly choose not to do that, and I'm a fan of Justin's, Mm -hmm. it takes away the accountability. It takes away the leadership. Because when you walk in the locker room or you walk into that um, team meeting room and your teammates watch you stand up there, they know. We we know. You know when the coaches aren't doing a great job. When they watch you stand up there and take all the blame, it just builds that kind of... um, 
I guess like quality of leader. It builds the the buildup of your character in the locker room, and your teammates will say like, "That's our guy." Your coaches will say, mm -hmm. "That's my guy." And when you point the finger at someone else, the leadership starts to go away, and and that's my concern with this situation. I mean, you're right. That is that is the standard for quarterbacks in the league. But I will tell you, there is a part of me that feels like, yes, I have to. Get out here. He watches the film. His family is seeing television, and he's being blamed for all these things. And, yes, he knows he has to play better, and he said that. But there are also situations where we understand that the league does not look favorably on quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round yeah, and their team sure. walks away from, right? And this is a situation where your career and how you look at yourself and how people view you as a starter in this league isn't a balance. And if you feel like you're not being put in the right situation or in a position to win – People aren't talking about Luke Getzi as much in the conversation. But before Marcus jumps in, let someone else do it. Yeah. Let, someone else has got to do that. You can't do that as the quarterback. I promise you, all the quarterbacks, whether you watch the show or not, I will. I, I feel like we have a history on this show <laughs> of pointing that stuff out. We take pride in it in many ways. We've done it in this very situation. So... When you kind of stand in front of everybody and point the finger, man, it, it just, it's not a good look in that role. Mm. Dio, I think two things can be true because I, I, I love what you and Hawk said because it's different opinions and it could be the way that he approached it. I legitimately looked at uh, when, when Justin said that and said, oh, he let that slip. That's how I felt yeah. mm. when he said it because as a, as a third-year quarterback, in Chicago, knowing the history of another first-round quarterback there, it was just an emotional, like, thing that came out of him. And obviously, that's why Boogie, he went back to the locker room and tried to clarify those statements, which I don't think they were clarified. I think he was being truthful and honest. And here's the thing, man. Like, we talk about these, like you said, Dio, we talk about these offensive coordinators and we talk about defensive coordinators. And when we see issues that either is between coaching or it's the player, we try to point both of those things out as we did with Kenny Pickett as well mm -hmm. and Matt Canada. We had differing views on that. The bottom line is this, though. Justin Fields is thinking too much when he's playing football. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if that's him personally or if it's what he's been told. Dan, I'm going to ask you this question because yeah. I know you're going to remember this. Yesterday, when we were talking about the Kenny Pickett situation, I said, Dan, do you think his coach is telling him see the short side of the field and throw the ball there. Yeah. Remember you were talking about the matchup the that slant. he had outside with pick. Yeah. And and I just when you show Justin not pulling the trigger on a wide open guy. I don't know where that comes from outside of you thinking about what someone has told you. Right. Now I'm mm -hmm. not blaming Lou Gessie because I don't know what happened in that moment. But this is a legitimate slip up by Justin. I think talking about the programming of him playing the position. How do you feel about that? Like, I'm with you. We know about the locker room code yeah. and what you're not supposed to say. But do you, would you, could you see this being a result of what he let slip out during this line of questions? Yeah, I think it's one of those things, Marcus, that he knows that this is a big part of the conversation. His teammates know. And I think your point of it, like it's slipping it out, is, is probably or slipping out is very accurate. I just say this, fella, like, I go back to week one, and I know it's a high standard, and he's a young player. I go back to week one when the Chiefs lost against the Detroit Lions, and we saw those guys wide receiver-wise drop mm -hmm. six passes. Mm -hmm. Patrick yep. stood up there and was like, I got to play better. I got to throw it better. I got mm -hmm. nothing but faith in those guys. 
We love really good quotes, certainly now that we're on this side of the world. Right? We love good on. quotes. It's very rare that a quarterback in this type of situation yep. wants to be known for a good quote. You want to be boring in right. these moments. Right. And I think – I just think it opens up the door now for him to bring more of the criticism his way that he's pointed the finger, whether he meant it or not or slipped mm -hmm. it out or not, you at his coaching. You Go typically ahead. don't see a young quarterback in his stage of his career – come out and say these kind of things. And right. what I hope for Justin Fields is, even though it may be a slip up and he might have brought this to the media inadvertently, I hope he's had this conversation with his coaches first. Mm -hmm. And yeah. he's saying, hey, here's what I like and what I don't. I remember being early in Cincinnati and I played with Andy Dalton and he would go into the games and there would be plays that he did not like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they would go into the game and we'd play them, we'd call them, they would go bad, they'd be picks <laughs> and completions and he would get railed in the media, right? Yeah. And I would say, Andy, you have to speak up early in the week. And if these plays you don't like them, you tell them and you don't run them because mm. otherwise it's coming back on you. I'm just that's what I'm hoping for Justin Fields as well. I'm telling you, we, we'll do it. On, we, that's why our show is different, I feel, than any other show. We do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll show talk about it here. We, we, we won't run from uh, that. Let us handle that. You know, one thing I do want to say that I think is worth pointing out, I covered Justin Fields for years in college, and I have watched him be an excellent leader, and I realize it's a different level than it is when you're dealing with the professional level, but he has that in him, and I hope that people will get the chance to see that as well. Um, I expect him to make this right in some way, shape, or form. Let's get Adam Schefter in here for more. There's actually more bad news for Fields and the Bears. What can you tell us, Adam? Well, Laura, he's playing behind a patchwork offensive line that right now has even more injuries than we thought. What? Braxton Jones, their starting left tackle, was placed on oh, injured reserve wow. today mm. due to a neck injury. Oh he's going to miss at least four games. And Matt Eberflus did not dismiss the idea that it could be an extended period. So they already were without Tevin Jenkins on the offensive line. They had to move over Cody Whitehair. And it's a situation now where they will be without their left tackle Braxton Jones and so it's a difficult situation at this point in time but the Bears are gonna have to make do behind a different offensive line yet again because Braxton Jones won't be back anytime soon let's go on to some other storylines as well Laura Saquon Barkley the Giants running back ruled out of Thursday night's game due to the sprained ankle there are a couple of people that said Monday they expected it to sideline him for three weeks it's gonna sideline him for two weeks and it's a situation now where he will miss that game and there's a question as to whether Brandon Ayuk will be out as well. He's dealing with a shoulder injury that's leaving him questionable. The 49ers are saying it'll be a game-time decision whether or not he can go against the New York Giants. As for Bryce Young, the Panthers quarterback, he's dealing with a sprained ankle, did not practice today, so we'll see whether or not he can go. And so that's the situation with him right now. Uh, Bryce Young, if he can't go, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton would be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers if Bryce Young can't go, but he did not practice so far. And then the Browns signed Kareem Hunt today to take the place of Nick Chubb, who's out for the year. It's a situation where Kareem Hunt now is going to be in Cleveland. Jerome Ford will remain the primary back, but Kareem Hunt, who had a home in the Cleveland area, is back on the Browns roster where he spent the last four seasons. Yeah, interesting to see that familiarity return there. Thanks to Adam. More from him coming later in the show. Hawk, what do you think this signing means for this Browns offense? I think this makes the most sense. He's obviously familiar with the team, the organization, the scheme, and these coaches. I think for Deshaun Watson with no Nick Chubb, 
there's a chance that he actually takes a step forward. He has not looked comfortable. He has not looked in rhythm in this offense because it's been built for a quarterback to come in, not break anything, give it to Nick Chubb and rely on that offensive line, and you will always have a chance to win. Where we saw Deshaun Watson at his best in Houston is when the offense relied around him. It, it was his arm. It was his legs. It was his, the way he improvised. But they haven't needed that in Cleveland. Well, now they do. And so I feel like this is a position that Deshaun Watson is more comfortable in and a position he's thrived in early in his career. This is very simple for me. They're going to get less out of their run game. Kareem Hunt's a good player. He's yep. not Nick Chubb. The pressure is now ramped up on Deshaun Watson. Very clearly, he has to get back to Houston form for Cleveland to get good now or to have a good season because of the loss of Nick Chubb. And it's not going to be because of Kareem Hunt. Good player. Deshaun's got to step up. Yeah, Watson has been off target on 27% of his passes this season. And yeah, that's worse than the NFL. It's been shocking to see yeah. what he's looked like so far. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Okay, the Jets and the Patriots get ready to face each other this week. Both offenses have struggled. We'll tell you what we think Bill Belichick needs to do to avoid going 0-3. And, and tons of moments that have you scratched in your head. Stay tuned as we try to make sense of the puzzling, hilarious sound bites from this past week. We want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. <laughs> NFL Live is presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, the Sunday NFL Countdown Crew has you covered for week three, 10 a.m. Eastern, and the Monday Night Countdown Crew gets you set. For our two Monday Night Football matchups, once again, 5 Eastern, both are on ESPN and the app. Don't miss that. All right, new on NFL Live, more news out of Chicago. Adam, what do we know? Well, Laura, moments ago, the Bears defensive coordinator or former defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, submitted his letter of resignation to the organization. Now, it had been talked about throughout the past couple of days that he would not be back with the team. He would not return to the team. The team just said that he essentially submitted his resignation letter. We'll see what other details surface in connection as to why Allen Williams resigned this afternoon. But obviously there's a lot more to this story that's still unfolding out of Chicago with the. Oh, 
We lost Adam right there, but as you can tell, there is a lot going on in Chicago. None of that related to the Justin Fields thing necessarily, but either way, we'll mm. keep sifting through all of it. All right, let's get to the Patriots and the Jets. They're facing off on Sunday. The Pats, two-and-a-half-point favorites, and that makes sense considering the Patriots have won 14 straight games over the Jets, not a number that New York fans like to hear. Their last win over New England came December 27th, 2015. The Jets were asked about that streak today. For me personally, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna fuel me throughout my week, knowing that it's 14 straight. Because uh, you know it's time that that things you know change around around here. 14 straight is unacceptable. We got to focus on the moment. That's really where the focus has to be. Um, yes, it's uh, New England, and uh, it's a division game, and um, and the past is the past. But all our focus is on today, uh, trying to be our best version of ourselves, so we can find a way to get this one on Sunday. I mean, Marcus, the last time the Jets beat New England, old man Dan was still in the league. Uh, if you're, <laughs> if you're, <laughs> why have we never called him that before? He's not that old. Anyway, uh, if you're Belichick, what do you try to take away from the Jets offense? <laughs> Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah. And this is what he's notorious for, is making someone else beat you. And I'm sure Bill Belichick wants to put the game in the hands of Zach Wilson. And now that involves being able to stop the run and the attention that you may pay to Garrett Wilson may make you um, a little bit lighter in the box when you're talk, talking about trying to stop Brees Hall and obviously Dalvin Cook. But the one thing we've grown synonymous at knowing is that Belichick is going to take away your best player or at least try all sure. he can to do it. He took away he took away Tyreek Hill against the Miami Dolphins. They just had so many other people that could make plays in this game. So. I expect that, and that'll be the course of everyone, I believe, the rest of the season, is to see if Zach Wilson can beat us. Let's limit everyone else. Let's try to get this to a ground game and get that taken care of, and then we'll see what the quarterback can do or if he can throw, if he'll throw us a couple to, to turn this game around. I'm not saying Zach Wilson's Lamar Jackson, but can we use him a little bit like the Giants use Daniel Jones with some zone read? He's can got we? that in his game? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the, yeah, the last thing I'm going to say, because sure. you got to use more motion, Jets. You have to. I know Aaron's not coming back. Aaron doesn't like motion. Yep. Use Zach. you got to protect them. You, they played the Dallas Cowboys and ran max protection once. That's the easiest way to lose this game against New England. If, if you go into this game using Zach Wilson like you do Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is – a once-in-a-generation talent. Yes, yeah. you can put him back there. You can call a play, and Aaron Rodgers will figure out whatever right. it is. Zach Wilson is not, not that. We know this about Zach Wilson. They know this about Zach Wilson. Nathaniel Hackett has to help him. We're right. doing everything that Dan just talked about. What we want to see out of them is we want to see a better version of Zach because you've game-planned, right. and you've put a, together a blueprint for him to do better than what we've typically saw out of him. That's the only chance You can't walk out of this game and say, well, they took Garrett away. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Duh. <laughs> Shocker. Like, your job is to counter that, right? Your job is to make sure that Garrett and mm -hmm. Brees Hall don't get taken away. They ran 49 snaps last week against the Cowboys, the Jets. Guess how many touches those two had? Six. What? Yeah. I was going to say, like, maybe 17 or something. They should have what? 20 to 25 this game. It's the oh, only Lord. shot they have to win. Nah, yeah. It's, the, it's That's these the offensive shot. gurus that spread all around the league. Uh -oh. All these damn offensive gurus that they got in the NFL. Hey, I, Can't I'm catch a cold and win a butt naked, but they got jobs <laughs> all over the place. Can't <laughs> catch ahead, a cold in winter butt, butt naked. naked. Another uh, group on the same. <laughs>
classic grandfather <laughs> Spears saying. On that note, we'll go to break. We got a lot more coming Could your you way here on Marcus NFL Live. Naked in the winter. <laughs> no, I hope no. we don't ever have to see it. Coming up, <laughs> it's Wide Out Wednesday. Dan and Hawk are going to talk about Mike Evans' electric Week Two performance. I just can't get it out of my head now. He can do better than anybody else. You're watching NFL Live, presented by Bet MGM. I just imagine like a, like a big polar bear. I'll stop. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We have the great pleasure of having Hawk in studio on Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's Wide Up Wednesday. All right. Mike Evans went off on Sunday, racking up 171 receiving yards and a touchdown as the Bucks improved to 2-0 with a win over the Bears. It was Evans' eighth career game with at least 170 receiving yards and a TD, fifth most in NFL history. The other players on the list, well, yeah, they're Hall of Famers, as you see there. Here's what Baker Mayfield had to say about the 32-yard touchdown pass he threw to Evans. He's a stud. He's the best goal ball runner versus off coverage in the league. That's where that touchdown was, off corner. Um, he just closes that space so quickly and accelerates. So uh, we're lucky to have him. So he's more than just a go route runner. There's Anybody a detail to it. who says Mike Evans is just a big wide receiver, and that's why he's effective, you have my permission to slap him to sleep. Slap him to he's sleep. He's a technician. <laughs> wide out Wednesdays. Yay, yay. All right, so that was obviously advantage Tampa Bay when it came to wide receiver DB matchup. Yep. What is the wide receiver DB matchup this coming weekend that you're most interested in watching? I'm back on him. Okay. Now he's going against Darius Slay, another ah. technician who's made a lot of huge, big plays this year. He's a guy that likes to take a lot of chances. He will sit on routes. He did it against Justin Jefferson numerous times. That's why he's special. Do you he think he plays, plays off versus Mike rather than in his face? More often than not, if preference? I can't think of a good reason to get in Mike Evans' face. When I say he's the most physical receiver yeah. in the league, yeah. that is not – I'm not exaggerating. You do not want to get in a wrestling match with somebody so big, so physical, and so tough. So, yes, Darius Slay is going to play off. Two of Absolutely. the very best in the NFL. Great job, Laura. Back to you. Love it, guys. Uh, and listen, you can see that matchup actually as part of one of two Monday Night Football matchups as the Eagles and the Bucks are at a special start time of 7 Eastern on ABC and ESPN+. Plus. Matt Stafford and the Rams take on the Bengals. Dan and I on the call with Chris Fowler and Lewis Riddick for that one at 8 Eastern on ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN Deportes. Back to some top stories with Adam Schefter. Adam, go ahead. Well, Laura, Saquon Barkley ruled out this afternoon where a situation where basically the Giants said he'd be out Thursday night with that ankle injury. 
And so they're going to be without him. It looks like Matt Breida will wind up starting in place of Barkley, who suffered the injury on Sunday. He is coming along. He is making progress. That's good, but he's not going to be able to play on Thursday night. And the 49ers don't know whether they'll have Brandon Ayuk. He has a shoulder injury. Listen, is questionable. Will be a game-time decision as to whether Ayuk plays after he hurt his shoulder early during the win over the Rams. Bryce Young, the Carolina Panthers' number one overall pick, did not practice today due to an ankle injury. And if he cannot play Sunday in Seattle, the Panthers would turn to the veteran quarterback, Andy Dalton. The fact that Young was not out there to start the week is not an encouraging sign. We'll see whether he can make it back on time. And earlier today, the Bears defensive coordinator, Allen Williams, submitted his resignation to the team, saying it is, quote-unquote, with great regret. Now, the Bears denied reports that police had been at headquarters raiding the facility. They said the police had not been to his home. There's all sorts of speculation swirling on social media. And right now, Alan Williams is saying that it is his priority to get his health together and to step back from the team, and he does it with great regret. And the Bears now will be without their defensive coordinator as the head coach, Matt Eberflus, will be in charge of taking over the defense starting Sunday in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Yeah, Adam, thanks for clearing all that up. There was a, a lot of jumping to conclusions Jeez. seemingly on social media. We'll keep an eye on everything going on around the league with Adam. Still to come, time to look at the tape. Dan is going to talk about C.J. Stroud's performance, why he's been impressed with the young quarterback so far. Up next, we get into the Texans. You're watching NFL Live presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back. It's a fine line between drinking wine and squashing grapes. On the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. Hmm? When it's grim, be the grim reaper. Are you watering and are you fertilizing every day? So when it's time to pop, it'll pop. I feel like a mermaid and everybody else is like, dogs. You got to see if they can swim. I'm going to take them on the island. We need volunteers, not hostages. You're arguing with your girl and she says, I'm sorry. Like, all right, let's, let's watch a movie now. We're good. You know, whew. Oh, some of the best to do it. Uh, let's go uh, lost in translation, guys. Okay, this week around the NFL, we'll show you something. Our analysts will tell you what it really means. We start with Mike Tomlin, who might just find a weekly spot in this segment. This is the sport entertainment business. It is our job to win and thus entertain them. And so, you know, we don't begrudge them for that. Um, we, 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 wanna, we want them to be fat and sassy and spoiled. It is our job. <laughs> oh, Swagger, what's he mean? I feel attacked. Why didn't Hawk or D.O. Yeah, get this? I was going to say, why are you giving him this one Marcus, huh? <laughs> I didn't assign right. it. <laughs> okay, all right. First of all, I like what Mike Tomlin is saying because he wants them to expect them to be really good on all sides of the football. And right now, offensively, they're not. So it's a bunch of fat and sassy, spoiled people up there in the stands <laughs> that are pissed off about the way Matt Canada is calling offensive plays and the way that this offense is performing. That's what it means. <laughs> Next time, get his segment to Hawk or Dan because they are fat too. By the way, yeah. it's P H A T yeah. fat. Okay. Nah, they're saying 1998. Right. <laughs> they're saying 1998. Stop it. Let's go to Kyle Shanahan on game day prep on a short week. It's weird. Um, we were throwing four days into two days. As coaching staff, we throw two days into one day. Um, so it's kind of a uh, loss for words when I can't swear up here. Um, it's, 
it's a something show um, as as we do it. It's about retaining it when it slows down. Like we've got to put them all through it. It'll slow down at night when they leave, but that's usually about sleeping and catching up. And then tomorrow, kind of when you get to the hotel, it's like, all right, now it's now it's normal, even though it's not. I mean, Dan, I feel like you could relate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no issue not swearing, so I'm proud of Kyle right there. You saw him say, or you heard him say, it's four days into two days. So just so everyone home understands, like coaches will get in there on Mondays and Tuesdays and start to plan by themselves. Wednesday, they'll take like their first down and second down base game plan stuff. What are you doing behind me? And then they're maybe start with their red zone stuff and give it to the players. Thursdays, most of everything left in red zone and third downs. Fridays, third downs, and it's a full speed practice. So now you don't get any full speed practices at this stuff. It's a little bit more kind of base offense centric and less game plan centric. It's just a ton of stress mentally on everybody in the organization when it comes to coaching and team to really get everything down to go try to play your best football. It's just a mental exhaustion for about 72 hours. You know, I just went behind, Dan, but Hawk was trying to, like, follow the rules. Because trying to do pro television. Sorry about that. All right, uh, how about this? We want to try something well, new. Hawk, right rather here. than translating a soundbite, we want you yeah. to read some body language for us, okay? We're going to start with Mike McDaniel down in Miami. Let, let's see what he does here. I'm translating nonverbal. Here we go. Look at him. Okay. Ah, ah, yeah, this is. Uh, do I look intimidated by Big Bad Belichick? Because I'm not. Uh, have some eye contact for the price of on the house. Speed kills. Let me show you. Could you run faster than him right I now? Could be, oh yeah, I could smoke Mike. The best is when he fan. sees the camera. He's like, "Yep, I'm out of here." All right, how about Belichick? You mentioned him. What do we got here? Oh. Yes, I, I am. I am very frustrated. It's not you. It's me. There's a lot going on. I'm, I'm mad at Mac Jones. I'm mad at Coach O'Brien. I'm mad that I'm 0 2. Get this stupid chain off my feet. <laughs> Challenge. This is a tough one. He's Do very upset. This guy really... in his head goes like, what the heck, dude? <laughs> no, he he's probably like, trying to do my job, coach. Yeah. He's trying to do my job. I'm sure I'm not doing it well in this moment in your Dunk eyes. Dunk a but... red flag on me. Oh, Lord. Hey, lost in translation. We translated it. New on NFL Live. Here's D'Amico Ryans on his offense this week. The thing with you know, CJ and him, it's, it's all about the protection. It's... We've had good protection at times, and it's not only just our offense line. It's the backs, it's the tight ends, it's the quarterback, it's the receivers. Protection involves all 11. So with that being said, we just have to make smart decisions with the football. We have to block the guys in front of us, make sure we're giving our quarterback time in the pocket. You know, we don't want to see our quarterback get hit, but we can make smart decisions all across the board with all 11 guys. Dan, what have you seen so far from C.J. Stroud? Oh, when, to D'Amico's point, when they give him time, whoo! Buddy, mm. when he threw some inbreakers this past weekend versus Indianapolis, it was flawless execution. I like the fact that he saw some of them versus man and some of them versus zone. And D'Amico's right. When they protect him right now, he could throw it just as good as you want any rookie in the league to. All right, Hawk, I'm going to knock on some wood here, but Stroud has 626 passing yards, zero interceptions this season. That's the most passing yards by any quarterback who has thrown an interception. He's a rookie. It's awesome. All right, coming up next on NFL Live, after a week one blunder against the Jets, Josh Allen and the Bills bounce back with a win against the Raiders. But someone here still has trust issues with Allen. Find out who that is next and why. NFL Live is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. NFL Live is presented by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and in part by Coors Light, made to chill, celebrate responsibly. 
Back to our big story of the day, this new one, NFL Live. Justin Fields spoke today about playing freely in this offense. Of course, you know, things that I didn't like, I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, I felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, not just, not, not, not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not... Uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just, of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. When you say thinking less, what do you think was causing you to think so much, maybe think too much? Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week. And then when the game comes, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So, um, you know, just thinking less and, you know, playing more. Okay, so that happened earlier. Then later in the day after practice, Fields readdressed the situation saying, quote, when you take my quote out of context, when you say just that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, it's like you all are trying to split us up. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on my teammates. Whatever happens in a game, I will take all the blame. I don't care if it's a drop pass. It should have been a pass. Put it on me. Whenever you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I would blame it on somebody else in this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. I just want to clear that up. Just know I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. So all of this happened earlier, and he has backtracked since with the quotes that we just read. But, Dan, how would you assess this whole situation? Oh, man, I didn't hear the ending the first time. (laughs) Hearing him, he sounds empty, and that's a terrible place to be. It it just sounds like he has no confidence. Um, I'm a big fan of Justin's. He did blame the coaching. That's just the truth. I know he's trying to take it back now, but he did. There is a lot of truth in what he said. Um, surprising to some people, there's a lot of poor coaching in the NFL. Uh, Just because you coach in the NFL more. doesn't make, make you a great coach. Yep. I do think at the end of the day, it was a mistake. And as a quarterback and as a leader, you never, ever, ever point the finger. And you always, always, always go out of your way to take all the blame. He didn't do that. Now he's going to have to cover up for it. I, I don't hate the transparency. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. You're right. It's not great. And it, it could work out the other way. But... Now he's put himself in a situation and say, okay, I'm going to go out here this Sunday and I'm going to play football my way. Right. What better tests are we going to have than to say, okay, let's see what football looks like Justin Fields' way. And if he plays well, what do you think sure. the conversation is going to sure. be next week? No right? doubt. Where's this been? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. So, and if he Chiefs, doesn't right? play well, though. If he doesn't play well, then, you know, that, that's what yeah. it is. And uh, it's okay. They have the Chiefs. So, to your point, um, that's a good team to try to test that out. Another reminder that defensive coordinator Allen Williams also resigned today. So, head coach Matt Eberflus will be calling the defense. Right a lot going on there. All right. Let's get to the Bills and talk a little bit more about them. After throwing three interceptions in the season opener, Josh Allen took a much more conservative approach in week two, and it paid off. Allen's pass attempts against the Raiders traveled an average of 3.9 yards downfield, the second shortest average pass distance of his career. The adjustments paid off as Allen nearly doubled his QBR from week one. He's facing a tough test this week, though. Here he is on that Washington Commanders front seven. It's one of the best groups, if not the best group in the league. Um, You know, up front, they're all big, fast, powerful, explosive. They all, uh, all can get after the quarterback. 
Um, so again, making sure that you know we don't let them take over the game because they they have the ability to do that. So making sure we're dialed in, communicating well, um, and ultimately the the team that best executes on on Sunday is going to win the game. So Marcus, he is acknowledging the tough test against the Commanders, but how did you feel about his performance in Week Two that was much more conservative? I thought his um, performance was great, but. We expect Josh Allen to play great. That's why it's so disappointing when he makes bonehead decisions and turns the football over. I got it, y'all. We all went to school with this person or we were this person in school. Josh Allen is the type of kid that knows all the answers to the test <laughs> or all the answers to his homework, but he going to leave it on the breakfast table in the morning and not mm. be able to turn it in to the teacher. And sometimes he just puts yeah, oh himself in terrible situations like we saw here with the Jets. The dude is an elite quarterback talent, right? If Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over as much, you could make a hard argument that he is as elite as anybody in this league. Sure. The separation between good and great is exactly the, the def definition of Josh Allen. He would be great if he didn't turn the football over like he does. He would be great if he didn't make some decisions in the open field and risk himself for injury, but I can even get past that. That's playing football. The conversation has never been about if Josh Allen is a top-tier elite quarterback as far as talent. It's always been, will he give the ball away? And that has stood the test of time over the last few years of his career. If he eliminates that, he'll be competing for championships going forward. Bro, he is great, and he's been great production-wise as well, not just talent. He leads the NFL in touchdowns. So just like before we sit there and say the difference between great and the – Dan, I'm not going to call you great when you got so many turnovers. He's I'm not, been great. I'm, I'm not going to call you great. You can call him whatever you want. The, the fact is he's been great, great player. Who's so, – so what does interceptions mean then? that he is reckless with the football at times. The, the, I want to go back to kind of what happened in week two. He's a great player. We could disagree with that. His production has been great. The difference is not only was Josh significantly better, but this is the offense that I've been begging them to play for years. Multiple tight ends in the field, put him under center, run play action pass. The, the only way, the only way in the NFL right now to create efficient or excuse me, explosive plays is to put the quarterback under center and use play action. There's another one, bootleg. I have wanted the Bills to do this for two years. Now, let me say this. They did it in week two. Under center, they were 9% against the New York Jets. They were like 35 against the, the, the Raiders. It's easier against the Raiders. So, one, you did it. I have one question. Are you going to do it again? Because against Washington, your identity and your scheme makeup and your game plan should look absolutely identical to what it did in week two against the Raiders and very different than was week one against the Jets. Well, you, Josh Allen week two actively made smart decisions. When he got outside the pocket and he had the opportunity to run and risk his body, he didn't. When he could have just thrown the ball around and take those risks he typically makes, he didn't make them. Right. He picked his choices and, and he made sure when he took his risks, they were calculated and they resulted in big plays. That's a step in the right direction. If he totally. can do that week in and week out, to Marcus's point and your point, he will be where he uh, should be, which is elite quarterback. Go ahead, Marcus. I, I, listen, man, we've acknowledged Josh Allen talent. We know that he could play at the highest level. We've seen him go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. But when you turn the football over as a quarterback, I played defense. And the number one thing y'all started meetings with was take care of the football. Value it. And as <laughs> when he starts doing that, we will have a conversation about how great Josh Allen is. I'm not about to have it now when he's leading the league in turnovers over the last three years. 
Mm. You can't lead the NFL in touchdowns over the last four years and not be great. Okay, well, we beg to differ, but you know what doesn't differ is y'all's two is outfits, which are autumnal together. It's a couple <laughs> twinsies. We'll see you tomorrow. I mean, if you want to talk about great. <laughs>